I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have Patricia King. And Patricia, if you don't know who she is, I've known her for a long time. I can't even tell you how many years I've known her, but I've been so nurtured by this prophetic woman who has just been teaching and doing TV shows and conferences and missions. And I've done some outreaches with her in the past and just done so much for the body of Christ for so many years. So if she's new to you, you're going to love her because she definitely has that nurturer heart. And it's so solid in her theology and so solid in her and her just pursuit of life. But uh, she's a respected apostolic and prophetic minister. She's a successful business owner. She's an entrepreneur. She she's very inventive, and she's you know spoken all over the world. And she's been a television host, media producer, ministry network overseer, and also has a local church and an online church as well, Shiloh Fellowship, which you can join. She's the founder of Patricia King Ministries and also XPMedia.com. And today on the show, we're going to be asking her about her just heart for the prophetic and how it's shaped and formed her world and what she's doing right now. I think you're gonna really enjoy this. I love her because she's a trainer and we love training. As a matter of fact, I've looked at the way she's built for many years and said, God, I wanna do things like that. And she's been an inspiration to me. She actually gave me one of my first words about doing TV, which we're doing a lot of now. And she said, I'm doing TV, but you're also gonna do TV in a totally different way than I'm doing TV. And she gave me this whole word about it. And it was about the prophetic, it was about supernatural things. And so I even credit her, this this is a podcast, but also we have TV shows, but for giving us the heart to go after media the way we have. Because of Patricia, I'm so glad. I'm so glad she's going to be on. And she's going to inspire you too. Right before we get to Patricia, I want to encourage you to check out our Translating God mentoring platform on bullsministries.com. And this is one of the things that we are doing to train the body of Christ to have a healthy relationship with a prophetic that's love-based. It's a pursuit of love towards God, towards yourself, and towards others. We have five videos a week, and we go over all kinds of topics. Once you get a few months in, uh, after we have, of course, the basics and how to process revelation, how to bring application to your dreams and revelations. But then we start to break down other issues like the apostolic and the prophetic, women and the prophetic, creativity, these kinds of things also, also are sewn in and seeded into the whole program. And you have an online community and also online coaches to help you work through revelations and dreams and the interpretation application and it's just amazing. So I hope you guys will join us on our online platform of Translating God. We have many events. We're coming to a city near you all over the world. And I'm going to encourage you to also check out our events page. And it's just exciting what we're doing. I'm excited to include you in it and also to have these podcasts. And it's made possible by your partnership and your support. So thank you so much. Well, let's get into the interview right now. We have my guest, Patricia King, who you've hosted me many times, but it's my turn to host you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you, Sean, for having me. I'm delighted. You are, I just think, one of the most fascinating people in the body of Christ because you've you've recreated yourself several times in your mandates and your authority with God by going from itinerant speaker to conference hoster to TV host to now just mom in general, still doing TV, still doing media, doing all of those things, but in such a wide variety and also such a wide spectrum. I mean, this is amazing. So I'm really glad to have you on today because I feel like the way you hear from God, you've been able to, to um, define more than anyone else I know, really, and especially as a woman in the body of Christ. So thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. Aww. Thanks for being on. And um, I would just want to start right at it. How did you get into 
prophetic ministry. I mean, you're you're you've been doing this for a long time. Well, first of all, uh, Sean, I'd like to go back to even being introduced to the prophetic before I started prophesying. I was a brand new believer, and I went to a full gospel church, and people started prophesying over me. <laughs> and what I remember feeling was God Himself. Mm. Even the words I didn't necessarily remember, but I remember what I felt. I remember how I felt. And um, I would weep. And it was like the words that would come out of their mouths would go right into my spirit. It was like bypassing my mind into my spirit. And I remember just loving right from the get-go, loving prophetic ministry. And I did not know, though, at the time that all believers could prophesy. And so for your viewers, um, or for those that are listening to the podcast, um, I just want to say all of you can yes. prophesy. Every single believer in Jesus Christ can prophesy. Well, so, um, of I, course, I, Let me just interject real fast, sorry. because one of the yeah. things that we're going yeah. for is, I mean, very normal people listen to this podcast, and we have prophets like you on from time to time, and talking about how, and every one of you says the same thing, which is really encouraging, like everybody gets to prophesy in that First Corinthians 14, we all go after the prophetic. And so keep going to your story, but I just love that you stopped yeah. there for a minute. Yeah. So um, there uh, came a time when uh, some of the people who were prophesying over me, that were very fluent in the prophetic, said that their mentor, their teacher in the prophetic, was going to be doing a course. And they had um, asked her if she would uh, bring me into the course. Oh, wow. And she agreed. So I went. It was a five-day intensive. Um, we went from morning until uh, night for wow. five days straight. And she taught on the gifts of the Spirit, including the prophetic. And we activated, 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 activated. And it was just powerful. Um, I, I just loved it. And then uh, a couple months later, our church actually had her in once a week oh, for wow. five months. And so our whole entire church learned the gifts of the Spirit, how to operate in them. But the most highlighted gift of all the nine gifts of the Spirit was the prophetic gift. Wow. And so every Tuesday night, we would gather and she would make us activate. So we would have to wait on the Holy Spirit, listen for His voice, and then speak it out. And uh, we were um, pressured with a holy pressure uh, to step out in faith and prophesy, not just be a listener, but a doer. And so um, at that time, I I loved it. I loved stepping out. And then she had said, um, the way you get proficient is to just do it more. Yeah. Just position yourself before God and hear his voice and then speak it out. So she said, every opportunity you have, if it's a Bible study or having coffee with friends or whatever, just just stretch and ask Holy Spirit. So that's what I did, and um, I just loved it. What I, I didn't realize, because every Sunday I would get prayed up in tongues before I went to church and <laughs> just wanting to get ready to prophesy. What I didn't realize that um, a lot of my words were very similar. And um, I was just waiting on the Lord every time, and I was just so excited to get a word and to bring uh, the heart of God to the people. But um, after a few months, a friend of mine uh, came up to me in the hallway in, in, in the church after service, or before service, rather, and he said, um, Patricia, I know what you're going to prophesy this morning. And I said, you do? Did God give you a vision? Like, how do you know? And he said, well, because you always prophesy the same thing every Sunday. <laughs> and I said, I do? Like, 
what do I say? And he says, it's going to be something like God loves you with an everlasting love. And I said, really? He said, yeah, you, every single time wow. you prophesy how much God loves us. And I thought, wow, well, that's cool. But I didn't realize I was being so repetitive because for me, it was fresh all the time. Wow. But I came to realize over time that that word, God loves you with an everlasting love, is probably the most powerful mm. word from the heart of God that anyone can give. And so later on, when I was growing in the prophetic more and starting to teach the prophetic, especially prophetic evangelism, when uh, before we would go out on the streets, I would say to those that I was uh, instructing, I'd say, you know, I'm going to give you a little prophecy to put in your back pocket. And just in case you get scared out there and you freeze up and you can't hear from the Lord, I'm going to give you a prophecy that you can give to any person. Wow. And it's God loves you with an everlasting love. He really does. And the classes would come back. Every time I would teach it, the classes would come back and they'd say, it works. You know, there'd always be someone, there would always be someone in the class that had to use that, that pocket prophecy. And I, I can tell you, Sean, that even, you know, like when Stacy Campbell and I were doing outreaches down in the inner city of Vancouver, I remember one particular um, incident where we were ministering to um, a, a girl in the industry down there and she was in pretty rough shape. And so we were sharing the gospel and she was really hard. She didn't want to hear the gospel. Mm. And then I said, you know, I have a word from God for you. And she said, well, why would God want to speak to me? And I don't want to hear what he has to say because he'll probably be mad at me. And I said, no, it's not a mad word at all. He wants to tell you that he loves you with an everlasting love. And he always has, and wow. he always will. And she burst into wow. tears. She totally lost it on the street. And she just, when she caught her breath, she said, I've never, ever had anyone tell me they loved me. Oh. And I thought, it's such a powerful little word, but that was pretty much how I started prophesying. But how I started teaching in the prophetic, see, I've never thought, Sean, and I know that you're the same too, um, because we've had friendship for many years, but I have never, never from the time that I got born again, uh, thought, oh, I want to be a fivefold minister, or I want to yeah. be a preacher, or I want to be this or that. It, that never crossed my mind. It was always, Lord, you've given me so much, and I want to give to others mm. what you've given to me. I want to serve. I want to bless people. You do that so well. And, and so do you, by the way. <laughs> oh. um, and I, I believe that that's an important posture is servanthood. Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. So I would have uh, people come to my home just to sit around and have coffee and talk about the things of God. And they would say, could you teach me how to prophesy? Could you teach me um, how to move in the gifts? And when I could feel their hunger, I thought, well, I can share with you what wow. I know, you know. And so that's how it started out was just giving what had been given to me. And what God had made real to me, I would give to others. And then I remember a pastor, uh, the pastor of our church asked me if I could uh, train the church. And, um, but I still didn't think of it like as being like an, any kind of official, yeah. you know, position or anything. It was just serving people's hunger. And that's how it grew. You know, when, other when church do you feel like God started... kind of more called you into it as far as, was there a moment when you said, oh, wow, this is not just getting serious, but like you're asking me to love people this way. This is what I'm supposed to spend as my occupation. Or was it more gradual? 
Well, there was an ah, there's two aha moments. One of them was um, when I was uh, had been starting to just serve people, and pastors had started to ask me in to share with their people, and my mindset was always, um, you know, wow, I get to help these hungry people have what I so enjoyed receiving, right? And um, I've always had a real childlike faith to this day. I For feel sure. very childlike. I feel more like a five-year-old than than um, than almost seventy. But um, I I was in this meeting sharing with people. There's I guess around three hundred people in that church, and at the end I was praying for people, and a woman in the prayer line started crying and she grabbed hold of me and she said, "Please pray that I could have a ministry like yours." And I remember thinking, a ministry? I don't have a ministry. Like I was thinking of, I'm not the pastor of a church or, you know, I'm not um, a missionary on the mission field or anything. I'm just here serving your hunger sort of thing. And um, But then I realized in that moment, I thought, well, I guess that's how people would see this. And I remember at that point, the Holy Spirit speaking to me, saying, that's what ministry is. It's serving people. And I want you to continue to serve people and always have this posture. But that was the first time that I remember thinking, oh, I guess that's what people would think this is, right? And then my husband and I went to YWAM in 1980. And when we came back in 1981, in May of 1981, I was invited to uh, work on staff with the mentor, my mentor in the gifts of the spirit, Mary Goddard up in Canada. Oh, wow. And um, I continued to serve her ministry, and I shared in evangelism and helped her uh, ministry and served her for a number of years until she um, passed the torch of the ministry onto me, which I still, I'm still in that, um, you know, it's the same ministry, changed names, but it's the yeah. same ministry. Wow. Yeah. No, I and then that. the second, the second aha ministry, uh, moment, um, Sean, was when the Lord called me as a prophet. Mm. And that's a bit of a longer story, and so I won't share it all right now. Um, but again, it was another aha moment. Um, the Lord had given me a prophetic word, the most profound prophetic word I'd ever had at my graduation in 1978 from the Gifts of the Spirit. It was a five-page prophecy. Oh, wow. And in it, the Lord declared that I, I was a prophet. I was called as a prophet. And um, he said that... Um, I would have discernment um, on demonic strategies against the uh, people of God and would disclose and expose those things and that I would have weighty words for the church. And, you know, it just went on in a number of different directions. So I remember at the time I was a brand new believer. I got saved in uh, 1976. So I was only two years, two years old in, in the yeah. Lord. And so I... I remember thinking, okay, well, one day, one one day, maybe this will come to pass, sort of thing. And, but when I was in Holland, actually with a friend of ours, Peter Helms, uh, doing a conference over there, was when the Lord spoke to me, then, wow. and said, "You need to take hold. You need to accept and take ownership of what I prophesied over you wow. in 1978." And I struggled. You know, I thought well, it feels presumptuous to me. Because uh, I don't feel like a prophet, you know, I, I, I just feel like me, and I felt the Lord say, "No, I'm, I'm giving you a realm of authority, and I need you to embrace it. Um, I need you to step into it." It's so interesting. And so when, it was when a very the Lord really moment. 
when I had the, uh, a similar kind of experience, I, f- I remember say, the Lord saying, you know, I'm going to give you this this mantle of prophet. And I remember just going, who's it for? It has to be for someone if you're giving it to me. And and that's when I started teaching, like, fall in love. Like, fall in love with him and fall in love with people because then yeah. you'll, you have no problem with the mantle because it's not narcissistic or it's not self-indulgent. Right. It's fun. And you've done that so well through the years of just – you train everybody. You just, you naturally, like when I'm around you, I feel like I grow. <laughs> my, my capacity mm-hmm. grows. My, my, my hunger grows for God, which I think is a tr- true mark of a prophet. But well, tell me a couple same of the, when I'm around you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Tell me a couple of the stories that are like some of them, some of those moments of, of where, where your hunger for the prophetic or you're like, this is that, that I was hoping for when something manifested through the prophetic, either in your gift or around you, what you were building, to where, because a lot of people will will have heard of you, but tell us a few of the stories that were marker stories that made you say, "This is all worth it." This is why I'm running after this. This is how I'm seeing well, Jesus. Well, from the very beginning, I have to say that I thought it was all worth it because my heart has been more for um, the individuals. Yeah. Um, I love being on the streets doing one on one. I love being um, sitting down across from someone and just. Uh, pouring Jesus into them, right? Yeah. That is my most favorite, is like more on the one-on-one. And so when I started prophesying, what I noted was the transformation that took place in people's lives with yes. one prophetic word, right? Yes. And so I remember how that impacted me too. It put Jesus on the scene of my heart in such a huge way that it was phenomenal. So I I really loved giving others the same. And when I would see them weep in his presence and start to honor him and see their life transformed, I thought, I've just got to do more of this. I've got to do wow. more. I've got to find ways that I can bless more people and, and just really um, touch their lives. But another uh, different aspect of it was there have been times, and I won't mention the names uh, at this point, but there were times uh, when God would give me a commissioning word for an unknown. These are known ministers now, very well-known ministers. Yeah. But at the time, they weren't. They were just new believers, brand new believers wow. practically. And a sovereign anointing would fall, literally fall. Mm. And I would start to prophesy in the environment of the prophetic. And these words would come forth that I totally knew, even though it was my voice, I knew that it was so disconnected from my own soul. It was definitely um, my voice speaking, the voice of God. And I call those commissioning words. And I would watch the Lord commission individuals by his power and spirit. And then almost immediately see them transformed into these powerhouses in God that have made great impact on the body of Christ. And so um, that's not anything that I have been able to just step out in faith per se and get that level, but I love it when it happens. And I've prayed God, if there's any way, because prophets anoint kings. Yeah. And so I love that aspect of it. I I really love it when it happens, and it's a sovereign thing. So even though I can lay hands on people and believe God for words, and I think you know the difference there, yeah. I can believe God for words, but this is when the word would come to me and just take over. And oh my goodness, I I love those moments. Then the third area would be prophetic evangelism. Yeah, is that oh my goodness when 
like I remember um, when we got the word on prophetic evangelism, it was back in the 1990s, and Walter Heidenreich was in our church in Kelowna, and he challenged our church because it was at New Life where Wesley and Stacey Campbell were pastoring. It had been um, birthed in the prophetic. Everyone in that church uh, practically prophesied and had received prophetic words. And Walter Heidenreich, an apostle from Germany, came in one evening and he said, I was just over in the coffee shop uh, in the mall next door and there was no prophetic words being released there over all the hungry people. And he said, you have all got enough prophetic words to last you till Jesus comes. <laughs> but, but the people who do not know Jesus, who need to hear from God, they have never heard God speak to them. They are the ones that need it. And where are you? You are in the church and you need to leave the church. Wow. And it was like a sword pierced my heart, pierced my heart. And even though I had, you know, when opportunity had arisen previously, you know, I would minister to people on the street as I was praying for them. If God gave me something, I would do it. But I'd never deliberately or intentionally or creatively looked for ways to um, to minister to the unsaved through the prophetic gift yeah. with intentionality. And so I talked to Stacy Campbell at the time, and I said, Stacy, um, I think that we have to do this. We have to get out on the streets and do it. And I said, let's just put a class together, invite people to come, and we'll teach them. And it was funny because people like Doug Addison actually attended that class back in the day. Uh, yeah, it was it was funny. When I look at who was all in that class now, there was over, I think, 100, 150 students from all over the world came in. Wow. And neither Stacy and I really knew what we were doing. We were proficient in the prophetic, but we had never intentionally led teams out on the street. And God gave us all kinds of creative ideas. I think we had about 12 different teams that we took out and that day changed my life it changed wow. my life when we went out and saw the body of christ prophesying in so many creative ways we had creative art we had uh creative music poetry um we had um destiny words booster juice dream interpretations um we had uh prophetic tattoos like that we would just use inking uh people's arms prophetic balloons for the kids in the park i mean god gave us all these different um different uh ways creative ways to give his word to the hearts of people who never knew him and um it brings me to tears when i think of how many people were one to the lord in that one day from mobilizing the body of christ to the streets so pioneering, and, right? I mean, like, oh my I think goodness, of how many awesome. things we've all done because you guys were willing to take those risks then. And how, I mean, we have, you know, friends who go to Burning Man and Sundance Film Festival and porn conventions, and we go to mm -hmm. all over Hollywood and do all this. But we wouldn't have had the courage to do it in a prophetic sense if it wasn't for you guys pioneering. There were several groups emerging that would pioneer and say, let's do this. And it was so controversial then too, outside oh of the groups. It was so controversial. <laughs> it's like not as controversial now, but it was so like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was only controversial in the church. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, I got to go yeah. with you on one of the outreaches in that. I mean, early in 2003 or four or something, I remember we were out. I can't remember where we were. I just was remember it? we went into a porn shop and you talked to the woman who was at the counter. And if you remember this, and you you just basically explained to her you had you had the most simple word and you said 
did you know that porn actually objectifies women in a wrong way? And that's not how you're supposed to be treated. And she didn't. And you just mothered her. And she just started crying. It was like, I've never heard this before. Do you remember that? I can't remember it, but I know that there's a lot of situations like that that have been so precious. It was so precious. I just sat there and was like, you just went in and because of a word from God, and, cha- and we'd both never been in this kind of store. <laughs> so we're both like, it was you and me and someone else. I forget who, who knows. And we walked in and it was just like watching you going, you were so fearless. And I was, you know, I was in my uh-huh. 20s just going, wow. I, yeah, we would go into radical. new age stores and psychic stores and psychic fairs and porn conventions. And it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, it's like our light belongs in the darkness. Yeah. And if we just keep our light in the light, then, you know, the light will continue to exist, but we have to invade the darkness with light and not partake of the darkness. So yeah. if I can just throw that in, yeah. we don't want to partake of the darkness. We want to expel the darkness with light. And the prophetic gift does that better than better than anything I know. It just connects people to the heart of God so quickly. Well, and I feel like when you have the prophetic link to and I don't want to use the word outreach like everyone's a project, but just outside of the church stuff, when you're just people on the streets, normal everyday people, I feel like it keeps a level of, I again, I'll use the word narcissism because I'm thinking of your book about that, but it keeps a level of self-absorbedness off of the person who's mm-hmm. prophesying because all of a sudden you're with someone mm-hmm. who, I mean, most of the people that I ended up prophetically ministering to, even up to the point of the last three weeks, like I went over to a couple's house who they're like crazy rich Asians. They don't believe in God. They've gone through Alpha Course but they're desperate. And so I go over to their house and they're, they're desperate because of a need in their life. And I go over and they wanted to meet and they heard that I could hear from God. So we went over and met and it was really like a roundabout way of hearing from God. It wasn't like a word of knowledge, pal. It was more like, let's deconstruct the way you think you hear from God and who God is. And here's where God showed up in your life. And I, I was, it was the Emmaus road. I was able to show them where Jesus was at in their life. And they were crying. So and it was, beautiful. But I mean, it created homework, like <laughs> lots of homework. It. Like every time, and you're, it's not, your life is not about you when you're <laughs> right. touching real people because you're having to connect them and resource them and help them and sacrifice I for know. them. And so I feel like the people who get kind of weird in the church who go after the prophetic are people who aren't seeing real transformation of real lives. And so mm-hmm. they actually can create a little bubble and it could just be a performance stage thing versus people right. who are like, I've actually like accountable to love a lot of people. And you can't, it's not yeah. just a one hit wonder. Like every once in a while you have like you're sowing a seed, but a lot of times the prophetic is a harvesting gift. And you've done that so well of just teaching people how to, how to love in that realm. And I think it's one of the most grounding things. And I think the prophetic gift personally is one of um, the greatest gifts to launch people into the revelation of the love of God. That's so and right. when you, are able to share with someone the way God feels about them, no matter what mess that they are in, um, that God's got this word that he says, this is who you are, and I'm inviting you to walk in who you are, and I just love you. I'm not pushing you away. I'm inviting you close because, you know, together, you know, we can journey uh, towards a beautiful transformation. And it's, I don't know, it's just so beautiful and I've never known people who are not hungry for that. I don't think I've met one person. Um, You know, you go out on the streets and you start, you know, just loving on people and not going out on the streets to look at them as a project. Oh, I get to, you know, I'm going to see how many people I can prophesy over today. I mean, that would be ridiculous. And we've seen that, of course. but, um, but, But to just go out and walk the streets and say, Jesus, you said that sinners are your friends. 
And when we walk down the streets, we see a lot of friends. So introduce me to your friends and let me befriend them for you. Let me let me shine your friendship to them. And when you go with sincere love for them like that and you're connecting to the heart of God, it's just amazing. I remember Todd White being down with us a few times on the street here locally when, you know, he was just a new believer at yeah. the time. And um, and he, he has such big love in him, huge yes. love because of what, it's well, he's been, yeah, and he's been, God saved him from so much. So when you're forgiven much, you love much. And he loves real big. And he would start to prophesy over one person. They would start to cry but the essence of the prophetic that was operating around him would literally attract like a magnet other people. Yeah. And before we knew it, there was a whole, a whole street corner full of people weeping and wanting prophetic words wow. and words of knowledge and healing. And it's just the way love is a magnet. And it's so beautiful when we get to use the prophetic and reveal people's destiny and purpose and reveal God's love to them through that beautiful gift. That I, I love that we're talking about this because it's one of the few times on this program that we've talked about just intentionally going after prophetic evangelism. But I do want to transition a little bit because we have a few minutes left. And you've gone from these this kind of realm of teaching this and all the media and everything else. But one of the things that you've you've kept in your back pocket the whole time is your teaching on glory and the glory realm. And you're teaching on like connection to Jesus and being one with him. And and I've I've listened to your whole glory realm. I mean, you have hours and I've how many there's like a 30 hour course. I can't remember. <laughs> I might be making yeah. that up, but I know it's a long one. And yeah, talk to us about enough. why you went to or why you think God awakened this whole theme of the glory of God and the like living out of that place of glory. Well, I believe that he always wanted us to. Yeah. Um, because when we're born again, we have new life as a miracle. Our spirit man is completely new. All things have been made new. Old things have passed away. And so we have this eternal life of God in us that is connected to the to the eternal realm, to the heavenly realm, to the glory of God. He even says in Ephesians that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ, and Christ is at the right hand of the Father. So it shows you our position that is a reality right there. And so I had had many years ago now, um, about 20 years ago almost, um, a 30-day visitation of the Lord. I was at a prayer time here in uh, Phoenix area, out in Mesa. We were in a little uh, resort resort park there, and I was encountered by the Holy Spirit, and he revealed to me the realm of glory Mm. and how he wanted his people to live out of that realm because it's who we are. Yeah. And it's who he is. He is the God of glory. He is the spirit of glory. He is the father of glory. He is the he, he is the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. I mean, we can go on and on and see expressions of God, how he is described as glory and mm-hmm. in glory. I believe that especially in the last days, we are going to literally be an answer to the prayer Jesus has had us praying for 2,000 years. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God's heaven is a glory realm. It is the fullness of who God is and all that he has. And God wants that to manifest in the earth through his people. That is his desire. He wants us so connected to who we are and to what we have 
that we will be able to manifest that heavenly essence in the world that we live in. That's why a lot of us are, you know, the, this kind of, it's not a new term at all. It's been around for ages, but the word transformation of seeing the world transform back into God's original idea for it, at least the portion Amen. we can restore. And I think yes. like when I, whenever I've had any kind of experience, and you know, I've talked for many hours on the glory, when I've had any kind of deeper experience with God in his glory, I just feel like I usually come back with a sense of how much he loves something in the world, an industry, a region, a city, a person. Mm -hmm. And I just have faith for it to transform back into the original design Amen. or desire of God. It's like one of my favorite things about the glory is you can't come back from an experience of the glory of just going, you know, you have to say something like, I love you more, God. It just comes out of you naturally. And I, I can't wait to see your glory manifest somewhere. It's just it's part of that experience is yeah. a manifestation so many times, which is so beautiful. Well, my friend, I can't believe we're already at the end of our podcast. I've loved it so much. <laughs> I love who you are so much. And thank you for being you, for real, because you worked at being you and you've been a model to so many of us. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor always to walk with you, Sean. And uh, we're so proud of you and for the work that you're doing in the Lord and for the way that you love people so well, the way that you're calling people higher into alignment to all that God has for them, to his word, to his ways. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, thank you for taking the risks that you take and for being a model for others to partake of. No, I so appreciate it. You're such an affirmer. Thank you so much, back. And to those of you who are listening, you can get a hold of Patricia's, uh, all of her materials, her TV show from her website. And what is the best website for you, Patricia? PatriciaKing.com. Perfect. And so I encourage you, we'll have the link also within the context of this. I want to encourage you guys to click on that link and watch her new show on God TV and watch her media online. I do myself and she has some great events and just incredible training materials that I've cut some teeth on. And so thank you for being on the show, Patricia. Thank you. Did you know we have a YouTube channel called Bulls Ministries? And on that YouTube channel, we have new content. It's a video show that comes out episodically every Monday called Your Prophetic Journey. And it's a lighthearted take on some really tough subjects like night terrors, interpreting dreams, signs and symbols, what to do when your kids are having nightmares, these kinds of things. We're gonna tackle huge subjects and we're gonna do it with you. And it's already available. There's already a lot of episodes on there. You could watch it, you could subscribe to it, you could share it with your friends, but come under our YouTube channel and join the conversation now about how you're growing in your prophetic journey. Share your stories and also hear ours. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.